Chapter Seven Bluebeard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. The Old Old Fairy Tales by Laura Valentine. Bluebeard. There was in former times a very rich gentleman. He had fine town and country houses. His dishes and plates were all of gold or silver his rooms were hung with embroidered tapestry his chairs and sofas were covered with the finest damask and his carriages were all gilt in a grand style but unfortunately this gentleman had a blue beard which made him so very ugly and frightful that none of the ladies in the parts where he lived would venture to go into his company now a certain lady of rank who lived very near him had two daughters both eminently beautiful bluebeard asked her to bestow one of them upon him for his wife leaving it to herself to choose which of the two it should be both the young ladies said over and over again that they would never marry a man with a blue beard yet in order to be as civil as they could each of them said that she only objected to him because she was loath to hinder her sister from such an honourable match the truth of the matter was besides the circumstance of his blue beard they knew that he had already married several wives and nobody could tell what had ever become of any of them bluebeard in order to gain their favour asked the lady and her daughters with some of their friends and acquaintances to accompany him to one of his country villas the invitation was accepted and a whole week was passed in nothing but parties for hunting and fishing music dancing feasts and picnic excursions no one ever thought of going to bed and the nights were spent in merry-makings of all kinds in short the time rolled on in so much pleasure that the youngest of the two sisters began to think that the beard was not so very blue and that the gentleman who owned it was a very civil and obliging person shortly after their return home the marriage was celebrated about a month after the wedding bluebeard told his wife that he was obliged to leave her for six weeks at least as he had some business of importance to transact in the country he desired her to be sure to indulge herself in every kind of pleasure during his absence to invite as many of her friends as she liked to take them into the country if she chose and to treat them with all sorts of dainties here said he are the keys of the two large storerooms this is the key of the great box that contains the best gold and silver plate which we use only for company this unlocks the strong box in which i keep my money and this is the key of my diamond and jewel caskets here also is the master key to all the rooms in the house as for this little key it belongs to the closet at the end of the long gallery on the ground floor i give you free leave he continued to open and do what you like with all the rest but this little closet i forbid you to enter or even to put the key into the lock on any account whatever if you do not obey me in this particular but open the closet door i warn you to expect the most terrible of punishments from my anger the wife promised to obey his orders in the most punctual manner and bluebeard after tenderly embracing her and bidding her adieu stepped into his carriage and drove away when bluebeard was gone the neighbors and friends of his wife did not wait to be invited so eager was their curiosity to behold all the riches and rarities that she had become mistress of by her marriage 
for none of them had dared to go to the wedding or to visit her since on account of the bridegroom's blue beard which inspired them all with terror as soon as they arrived they ran over Bluebeard's house from room to room from closet to closet from storeroom to storeroom observing with surprise and delight that each one they came to was richer and more splendid than the one they had just quitted when they came to the suite of drawing-rooms they could not sufficiently admire the costly grandeur of the tapestry the gorgeous beds the rich sofas the rare cabinets the brilliant chandeliers the luxurious chairs and tables and the noble mirrors the frames of these last were of silver gilt superbly chased and the plates some being of the finest glass and others sheets of burnished silver reflected the beholder's figure from head to foot in a word nothing could exceed the costly elegance of bluebeard's furniture and his wife's acquaintances failed not to admire and envy her good fortune the wife meanwhile was far from thinking about the fine speeches they made to her and was intent only upon exploring the secrets of the closet on the ground floor that her husband had so strictly forbidden her to open at last her curiosity became so great that without thinking how rude it would be to leave her guests she slipped away down a private staircase that led to the galley and her haste was so great that she was two or three times in danger of falling and breaking her neck when she reached the closet door she paused to reflect a minute or two on the order her husband had given her and to consider that her disobedience might perhaps be attended by fatal consequences but curiosity to know what the closet contained assailed her so powerfully that she was unable to resist its impulse and resolved to gratify it at all hazards with a trembling hand she put the little key into the lock and turned it and the door immediately flew wide open the room being partially darkened by thick blinds before the windows she could at first see nothing distinctly but in a short time her eyes growing accustomed to the twilight she perceived that the door was covered with clotted blood in which were lying the heads of several dead women parallel with the walls these were bluebeard's unfortunate former wives whom he had killed one after another on beholding this terrible sight the poor young wife was ready to faint with fear and in her confusion the key of the closet which she had drawn from the lock fell from her hand on the floor when she had a little recovered from her fright she picked up the key locked the door and hastened back to her own room to prepare to amuse her company but her agitation was so great that her attempts to quell it were vain taking notice that the key of the closet had got stained with blood in falling on the floor she endeavoured to cleanse it by wiping it with her handkerchief but the blood was immovable in vain she washed it and even scoured it with sand and brick dust the blood still remained on the key in spite of all her efforts well it might for the key was a fairy key and there was no means of thoroughly cleansing it as fast as the blood was rubbed off one side it made its appearance on the other early that same evening bluebeard returned home saying that before he had got many miles on his journey he had received letters advising him that the affair he was about to attend in person was settled to his advantage without his presence his wife said everything she could think of to make him believe she was transported with joy at his sudden return the next morning he asked her for the keys she gave them to him but her hand trembled so violently 
that bluebeard was at no loss to guess that had taken place how is it said he that the key of the closet on the ground floor is not here with the others i must have left it upstairs on my dressing-table said the wife do not fail replied bluebeard to return it to me by and by after walking backward and forward several times to make believe that she was looking for the key she at last gave it up with reluctance bluebeard having taken it into his hands and examined it asked his wife how came this blood on the key i am sure i do not know answered the poor terrified lady turning as pale as a corpse you do not know returned bluebeard sternly but i know well enough you have been into the closet on the ground floor very well maiden you shall go there again for your disobedience and take your place among the ladies you saw the poor young lady threw herself on her knees before her husband weeping bitterly and displaying all the signs of a true repentance for having disobeyed him and supplicated his pardon for her first fault in the most affecting terms her beauty and distress would have melted a rock but bluebeard's heart was harder than a rock no madam said he you must die this very minute alas if i must die answered she regarding her relentless husband with streaming eyes at least give me a short time to say my prayers you shall have half a quarter of an hour retorted the cruel bluebeard but not a second more when bluebeard had left her to herself she called aloud to her sister and said sister anne that was her sister's name prithee run up to the top of the tower and see if my brothers are in sight they promise to visit me to-day if you see them make signs to them to gallop hither as fast as they can the sister immediately ascended to the battlements of the tower and the poor trembling lady cried out to her every moment anne sister anne do you see any one coming grant me one moment i beseech you replied his wife and then called softly to her sister anne sister anne do you see any one coming alas answered sister anne i see nothing but the sun which makes a dust and the grass which looks green come down i say this very moment vociferated bluebeard or i will come and fetch you i am coming sobbed the wretched wife calling again to her sister in a low voice anne sister anne do you see any one coming i see answered sister anne a large cloud of dust a little to the right do you think it is my brothers asked the wife alas no dear sister answered anne it is only a flock of sheep will you or will you not come down madam roared bluebeard foaming with rage only one short moment more answered his wife then she again called out for the last time anne sister anne do you see any one coming i see replied sister anne two men approaching on horseback but they are still a great distance off thank god exclaimed the poor wife it is my brothers i beckon them to make haste said sister anne as well as i can bluebeard now bellowed out so loudly for his wife to come downstairs that his voice shook the whole house the poor young lady with dishevelled hair and tears streaming from her eyes now came down and begged him on her knees to spare her life it is all of no avail said bluebeard you shall die seizing her by the hair with one hand and raising his sword over her head with the other he was now preparing to strike off her head when the unfortunate young lady turning her dying looks on her unrelenting husband entreated him to stay his hand a moment while she repeated one short prayer no no said bluebeard recommend your soul to god for you have not another moment to live 
while he was steadying his arm to make sure of his blow a loud knocking was heard at the gates which made bluebeard pause a moment to see who it was the gates flew open and two officers in full uniform rushed into the mansion they drew their swords and hastened up to bluebeard who knowing them at a glance to be his wife's brothers one a dragoon and the other a hussar tried to escape from their presence but the brothers pursued him so nimbly that they overtook him before he had gone twenty steps and passing their swords through his body laid him dead at their feet the poor wife almost as dead as her husband was unable for some time to embrace and thank her brothers for their timely rescue as bluebeard left no heirs his wife inherited all his immense wealth she bestowed part of her vast fortune as a marriage dowry on her sister anne who was shortly afterward united to a young gentleman who had long loved her some of the money she laid out in the purchase of captains commissions in their respective regiments for her two brothers and with the residue she endowed a worthy and noble-minded young man to whom she was shortly afterward married and whose kind treatment soon made her forget the cruel usage she had received from bluebeard End of chapter seven